here we go. Mark chapter 13, verse 20. And here's what the Bible said. And except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, everybody say that's the church. For the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. And then if any man shall say to you, lo, here's Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, notice that word, to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Everybody say again, that's the church. That's what the Lord said about the last days. In Colossians verse 3, Paul wrote to the church and he said this, or excuse me, Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Paul said that. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Again, Paul picked up the pen in 2 Thessalonians, and he said this in chapter 2, verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of the Lord. Traditions are good in some areas. They're not always good. Traditions uh, can be good, and they can also, my dad used to say, we don't want to get in a rut because a rut is nothing but a grave with both ends knocked out of it. Y'all ever remember him saying that? That's what a rut is, a grave with both ends knocked out of it. So we don't want to get in a rut, but sometimes we have to hold to some precious and powerful things of our past. Traditions of men and there's traditions of God. There's two different kinds. Some traditions are wrong. Some traditions are God or of God, and they are good. Uh, I don't think you have to do the same thing you did back in 1965 or 1985 or 1995. I don't think we have to fall into the traditions of, of just being what we've always been. In, in, in that manner, I don't, I don't think that everything has to be, but here's what I do believe. The things of the Word of God can never change, and we can never change when it comes to the Word of God. How many of you believe that? So there are some things that must be held on to. The church in the end time will be shaken and will be challenged, and everything that the Bible said can be shaken will be shaken. Everything that can be moved will be moved. So what I, I'm going to talk to you, and I almost titled it this tonight, and I may, you can remember it by this, these three words, unshaken, steadfast, and unmovable. That's what the church has to be. That's where we are in the 21st century. I have never seen a time where people were just swayed so easily by every wind of doctrine that came along. If, if it feels good, let's just do it. You know? If everybody else is doing it, it's okay. I think at some point we have to get back to what we know is truth. And this is truth. This is what it's all about right here. Can anybody here agree with me tonight? The Word of God is truth. Believe that? So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about the day that we live in because let me tell you what the devil is. He's an accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. But here's what else he is. He is a deceiver. The devil is a deceiver. He does not appear to us the way he really is. He, he appears to us in different venues, in different avenues, in different ways. He comes as an angel of light. He comes as a, as a personality of good. He comes as a sometimes preacher 
that comes away uh, or comes off to be honest and sincere. He comes as a friend that, that sometime maybe you, you would think honest and sincere. He comes as neighbors. He come, yes, he does. He, he shows up in various ways on the job, at the house, in your daily life. Y'all go ahead and get quiet. I'll teach two hours. It's okay with me. I got it in me. Amen. You just don't say amen. Watch how long I stay up here. You say amen, you can shorten this thing. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. There's always, always a devil that is a deceiver in our lives. Always trying to get us on the wrong path. Cause us to do the wrong things. The devil is a liar. John 8, the Bible said the devil is a liar. And, and not only is he a liar, he's the father of every lie that's ever been told. He's the original liar. He started it back in the garden, way back. He started lying to humanity. And, and not only is the devil a deceiver, which, which makes it very, and one of the greatest falls that is going to come in the last days is people that are going to be deceived. You know what Jesus said? Here it is. He said, unless the days are shortened, no flesh is going to be saved. But because of the church, he's going to shorten the days. Because he said, he said that, that there's going to become false Christ and antichrist. And there, look, one scripture tells us about these false prophets that are going to pull fire out of heaven. They're going to do many wonderful works. Could I tell you something tonight? Watch me real close. Just because, just because you see something that may seem miraculous does not mean it is of God. Oh, I'm going to preach a little bit tonight. You better buckle your seatbelt. You better gauge everything by the Word of God. You better know what you're, what you're listening to and watching and looking for. And, and the things, because you can very easily be deceived. Did you know that for every reel, there is a counterfeit? Does anybody remember when they decided that they were going to go away from the original Coke and they were going to start new Coke? Does anybody remember that? You know why we're back to the original? Because it didn't cut it. And there were so many complaints, you could tell. And you know what? If you hang around the real very long, you'll know when the unreal comes along. Hello. You'll know the original from the counterfeit. There's counterfeit dollar bills. There's counterfeit $100 bills. There's counterfeit drugs. There's counterfeit. There's all kinds of stuff. Anything that's, that's real, you can probably find a counterfeit for it. And so it does happen even in religious worlds. And even in biblical things, we can found, find counterfeit and something that looks real that is not real. You know, I, now I, I wasn't living in this day, but I've heard about this day way back, way back in the 1950s and, and, and in that era, uh, there, there, were, there were people that supposedly had oil dripping out of their fingers and, you know, they, they were these... Uh, there were these people that, that bring on this, this latter rain movement and, and people had all, you know, just, you ever heard of all these preachers on radio used to, they selling oil from so-and-so and handkerchiefs and water from here and that, you know, just, just all kind of gimmicks. And all. We don't need gimmicks. All we need is the Holy Ghost and the power of God and the Word of God to get us through this thing and on to the other side. Somebody here ought to believe that tonight. Amen. We don't need counterfeits. You see, the elect is God's chosen people. We are, we are not just somebody. We are anybody. We are somebody. We, we belong to the church of the living God. We are those who have been called out, 
born again of the water and the Spirit. And I don't know what you believe, but I still believe that people ought to be born again of the water and the Spirit, John 3, 5. Amen? I don't believe you can say it. I'm I'm probably going to cross. If you're a visitor here tonight, I'm probably going to cross you right now. But I don't believe you can just say a sinner's prayer, and that's it, and you're saved forever, and you can't ever be lost. I'm sorry I don't believe that. I still believe you have to repent of your sins. I still believe you got to be born of the water according to Jesus' words. I believe you got to be born of the Spirit according to Jesus' words. I don't believe you could just go through the motions. I believe there has to be an experience in your life. And when the experience comes, you will know the real. Somebody shout amen. You'll know what's real. You'll know what's right. Amen. You say, well, pastor, with all the deceivableness and the things that are in this world, how, how in the world are we going to know and how are we going to be saved? Let me tell you something. There, I, I would be afraid to start to count how many religions there are in the world. Wow. That's, that's pretty mind-boggling. Hell is going to be full of people. Are you listening? With nothing but good intentions that decided they could do things another way. I am a believer of truth. And let me tell you what I offer you in this pulpit tonight. If I don't tell you what's in this Bible, and, tell, and be able to back up what I preach in this Bible, then I am not a preacher of truth. And you can challenge me, and I will confess to you that if I'm not in the book, then I will change what I preach. That's a deal. You just, just, just come and show me if, that I'm erring from truth, and I'll change what I preach. But Have your guns loaded because I know what's in the book. I know what's there and I know what's not there. And some things that people call truth are not truth at all. They're traditions. And Jesus got on to the Pharisees and he said, you know what you're doing? He said, "You you have taken the commandments of men and you've made them doctrine. You've made doctrine out of the commandments of men. In other words, what men say. It's, look, it's not what I say. It's what God says. It's not even what you say. It's what God says. And you can't pick and choose from the Word of God. You're going to be deceived if you pick and choose from the Word of God. I, I did not, and I was not, I did not get to listen to the service on Wednesday or the Wednesday before when Brother Rory spoke, but he told me this evening, when I told him that I was going to talk tonight about the Word of God and talk about truth, he said, well, that's, that's, a, that's amazing that you say that because... Because this is what I taught, and you know what he taught the last two Wednesday nights if you were here. And he talked about truth. But, but you know what? God, God wants us to understand. Here's what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says. The Bible said, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because, listen to this scripture, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause, for what cause? Because they did not receive the love of the truth. This cause, the Lord said, Paul said, God, not man, God shall send them strong delusion. In other words, you remember me preaching about the fan in the hand of God in the last days and the threshing floor and God is separating the chaff from the wheat and the chaff is being blown away, and the wheat is falling back down. That's all in the Bible. That's, that's not theory. That's in the Bible. Well, here's what Paul is saying. Because people didn't love the truth, they're going to have strong delusion come to them, and they're, they're going to believe a lie, and that they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words, because they refused to fall in love with truth, and refused to love it. Let me tell you, when you love truth, you know who you love? You love God. When you love truth, you love Jesus Christ, because he said, 
I am the way and the truth. That's who I am. That's what Jesus said. When you refuse to love truth, then here's what happens. That word deceit is coming. And that word delusion, that word delusion, I, I didn't look that word up, but you and I know what delusion is. It's, 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 being, it's being confused. It's, it's a state of confusion. You, you, you know, when delusion comes, you're, you're pulled to one area or the other, and, and, it, and it, you really don't know where you are and what's going on, and you're stumbling around, and you don't know where you're at. But God said in his word, he said, because they didn't love the truth that they could have been saved, God is going to send strong delusion that they would believe a lie and be damned. God is going to do that because he demands that people fall in love with truth. I love the truth. Don't you? Don't you hate a lie? You know, lying never gets you anywhere. You'll tell one and have to tell another one to cover that one up. And then tell another one and then tell another one. I was telling somebody that was going to court the other day. I said, you got to tell the truth because when they get all these people on the stand, and, 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 and the stories start coming out. This is why they do this. This is why they take depositions in private because they get everything you say in private, and then you can't change your story. If you change your story, they're going to call you a liar when you get on the stand. I hope you're with me tonight. So, so here's, what's, here's where we are. You can't change your story. You can't. You can't be one thing one time and one thing and another thing something else. You gotta love truth enough to live it and breathe it and even die for it. And as, as far as I'm concerned, you if you don't fall in love with truth, there is coming a day that you're gonna be deceived and you're gonna be deceived and not even know you're deceived, and you're gonna be delusional when it comes to truth, and you're gonna lose your soul if you don't fall in love with truth. You gotta love the Word of God. Somebody shout amen. This is a deceitful day, friends. Preachers, religion, politicians. What you wanna talk about? It's a deceitful day. Can't trust anybody. They tell you one thing on Tuesday, and by Thursday, it's all turned around. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. This is deceit. They tell you what, here's, here's the way politicians work. And some preachers, they want to see which way the wind's blowing. If the wind's blowing, yeah, well, okay, now I know what to say. That's not the way it ought to be. Truth is truth. And, and when you hear truth, you gotta, you got to love it and, and, and adhere to it and hold on to it. You've got to hold fast to the truth and the traditions that God has given us in truth, in truth. There are some things, there are some things that simply need to be thrown out the window and some things that have been thrown out the window and some things that probably still need to be thrown out the window. But, but the facts are you can't, throw, you, think you can't throw this part out, okay? I remember the days when they had funeral home fans. I'd much rather have air conditioning. You ain't got to have a funeral home fan to be saved. Right? I rem- you you don't date me now. I remember going to the camp meeting and there was sawdust on the floors. Didn't have no concrete, no carpet. I remember that. I remember when the, the benches were those old slat benches and you sat down and you had to be real careful lest you get up and tear your pants. You say, boy, you old preacher, you're right. That's why I can say what I'm saying tonight. I'm old enough to say it. But the facts are, I don't want to go back to that. I'm not in for rush harbors. I don't care one thing about swatting mosquitoes and flies and sweat dripping all down. I don't care about that. I don't want to go back to that. I love our music. I love our instruments. I love, our, I love all of our electronics. I love what we have here. Don't you? You want to go back to that, we can move out on the parking lot Sunday and have church. In about 15 minutes, you'll be ready for the auditorium. Amen. We talked about having parking lot church not long ago, and I was dreading it. I want to do it because all of the younger folks want to do it. And I said, okay, let's do it. I could just, you know, I can preach a whole lot better when I'm cool. I'm just being honest. 
but, but, but we don't have to do things in those traditions. There's, but, but we can't leave this. I don't care what generation comes along. I don't care what preacher comes along. I don't care if he's got all dripping out of his fingers. You can't be deceived. Somebody said, ooh, I'm going over here. They had a miracle over here. Be careful. Be careful because Jesus said, they're going to say, lo, Christ is over here. He said, don't go there. Don't go there. That's not Christ. Don't go there. You got to, has anybody ever read the word that said, you shall know them by their fruit? Not by their miracles. Not by their signs. Not by their wonders. There's lying wonders, but there's only one truth, and the truth of God is in this book, and we need to line up and live according to the Word of God. And furthermore, when we do that, we need to become those three words that I mentioned to you a while ago. We need to be unshakable, we need to be unmovable, and we need to be steadfast. I'm talking about living for God. I'm talking about getting up Monday and having just as much God as you did have on Sunday. Getting up Wednesday and having just as much God as you had on Sunday. Hallelujah. This is not a Sunday morning church. This church exists 24-7 every day, all day, 365 days a year. If you're going to live for God, you've got to do it consistently. Hallelujah. You lying devil. Let me tell you, he's a great liar. He's a great liar. I give him credit tonight. You know, he started with deceit, and he's still doing it. Remember, and I know you know this story, but some of you new ones may not. The very first two people that ever lived upon the face of this earth, God made Adam, and the Bible said he saw he was alone. And thank God he did, because he let him go sleep, and he took a rib out of his side, and he made a woman. Woe man. Thank God he made a woman. You don't like that, men. You, you ain't natural. Something's wrong with you. Life would be so boring if it was just a bunch of guys hanging out. Oh, Jesus, I love y'all, but I don't love you that much. They used to pick at me because they'd say, you, you're going to stay at the deer camp? I said, uh-uh, I'm too close to Betty. I'm going home. She ain't far away. I'm going, I'm going to bed in my bed tonight. But, but a man and a woman in a place called the Garden of Eden, which was the paradise of God, where he gave them dominion over the animals, and he let them name them. And, and they, were, they were in a paradise. Here comes Satan, who was cast out of heaven because he tried to take the place of God. And, and so God leaves Adam and Eve in the garden, and, and he gives them dominion over everything. And he gave one rule, one rule, one. And the rule was, there's one tree of this garden that you can't eat of, and that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat of that tree... You're going to die. Well, here comes the devil. This, this is what he does. This is how he does it. You ready? He didn't come along and say, Eve, Eve, that's good fruit. Come on, eat some. No, no, no. He came. He didn't even come with a statement, Erling. He came. We got two Erlings here. Y'all didn't know that, did you? We, he came like this. Did God say? He started asking questions. Hath God said? Well, you know, watch me right now. And I know I've taught this many times, but some of you need to hear this. When the devil starts putting questions in your mind, just understand it's a devil. When he starts putting questions, because he never comes with a statement, he always comes with a question. And he said, Hath God said? Did God tell you not to eat of that? And I can hear Eve, well, yeah, the Lord's, you know, God said we, we, can't, we can't eat of that tree. And then he, then he starts lying. You know why he don't want you to eat of that tree? He knows you're going to be just like him. You're going to be a God. He starts, he starts lying to her. And through deceit and lies, he finally convinces Eve to take a bite of the fruit. And she convinced Adam to take 
abide in the fruit. And the devil had accomplished what he set out to do. Deceive two people that were in the Garden of Eden. Now watch me. There would have been no death. There would have been no pain in childbirth. There would have been no Calvary. There would have been no crucifixion. There would have been no sin. If they hadn't made that mistake. It's called the fall of man. Go study it. They were in Eden. Eden was the paradise of God. They would, they would have lived forever, I suppose. I, I just, I've, I've tried to calculate all this in my mind. But the facts are, when the devil lied to them, he got them confused. And, and he got them to eat of the fruit that they shouldn't eat of. Now, hear this pastor when I tell you, he's not coming to you with a statement. You know what he wants to put? You really think that's true. You, you really believe that's true. Look, 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 look. Don't, don't take my word for it tonight. Take the word of God. If I say it in this pulpit, I'm challenging you right now. Go find it in the word of God. If it's in the word of God, you better believe this pastor. If it's not in the word of God, go find you another pastor. How you like that? I'm not preaching truth. You don't belong here. I'm telling you for your own good. If I'm not preaching truth, you ought to go somewhere else. But if I am preaching truth, you ought to line up and you ought to live it because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's it. Then it's keeping me going. Amen. So the devil lied to Adam and Eve. And since that day, the fall of man came. We know the story how that Jesus came 4,000 years later, died at Calvary, to take our sins away, to wash us, to cleanse us. But he left us with a gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the good news, if I could say it that way. I want to just give you some things to think about on this Wednesday evening. I, I know, I know that... Uh, it's hard for you to sit here and listen to me 55 minutes. And you probably ain't going to have to because I'm going to quit early. But I want, you to, I want you to listen to what Paul said about the gospel. You ready? Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he says this. I marvel. What do you do when you marvel? You wonder? You go, you're scratching your head? You ever marveled at anything? You, you know what you're saying? It's kind of like, I can't believe this. You know? If I could, if I could tell you what marvel is, that, that word, it, it would be like, I really can't believe this. But Paul said, I really can't believe that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. He said, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm wondering how you got there. You have left them and, and, and you've been called to another gospel. This is what he said then in the verse 7. He said, which is not another. There's not another gospel. That's what he's saying. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert. You see that word P-E-R-V-E-R-T? Go look it up. You know what that means? Change. There be some among you that would change the gospel. You think we might have somebody that would change the gospel in 2021? Do you think we might know a few folks who have changed the word of God? You know, I, I read not too many years ago where there was one denomination. I don't name denomination in this pulpit. I won't do that. But, but there was one denomination that decided that they were going to take blood out of their songbooks and out of their gospel because it was so it was just, you know, it was just blood shouldn't be there. That was just disgusting, and that, that, was, that was bad. Let me tell you, go read Leviticus 17 and 11. The Bible said, without the shedding of blood, 
there is no remission. You wouldn't have forgiveness of sins if this wasn't a bloody gospel. Amen. So Paul said, which is not another, there's not another gospel, but he said there's some that have tried to pervert, change the gospel. Here's what Paul said. And I'm going to tell you what I believe tonight. I have searched this book. I have spent 51 years preaching the gospel. I am here to tell you right now that I am preaching what is in this book. I say that with 110% confidence. I preach what's in this book. But let me, let me just tell you something. Paul said he was this adamant about how he felt about the gospel. He said, though we, talking about himself and his brethren, are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we've preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as, he, he didn't stop there. He said, as I said before, let me say it again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. There's not another gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is this, okay? It's built upon the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord. That is, that is the foundation of the gospel of Christ. He came, he lived, he died, he shed his blood, he was buried, he rose again. So, how, what does that to do with the gospel? Because in that, the Word of God teaches that we repent. That means our old man dies. We are buried. We go to water in baptism. And we arise to walk in the newness of life, which is the, is the infilling of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, however you want to say it. But the gospel or the good news is that you can repent and you can go down in water for the remission of sins and you can receive an experience with God called the Holy Ghost. And when you get that experience and you understand what the gospel is about, it's not predicated on what a man said. It's predicated on what Jesus did for us. The gospel goes back to Calvary. We would none of us be here if there was not a cross and there wasn't bloodshed, if there wasn't a tomb and there wasn't a resurrection. Nobody would be in this church tonight saved. But thank God for the truth of the living God that we know that he died and was buried and rose again so that we might be saved. That's the gospel. You can't shortcut that. You can't get around that. Paul said there's not another, but there's some of you that's tried to change it. But let me warn you is what he's saying. I don't care if I say it or an angel says it. It's not going to happen, and you are accursed if you turn away from truth. He said, do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? I love this statement by Paul. I love him for this right here. He said, for if I pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Preacher can't be a man pleaser. I'd love to please every one of you, but that's impossible. I figured out it's easier for about for y'all to all please me because I'm only one than it is for me to please all y'all. I figured that out a long time ago. Amen. I can't please all I can't please all these people. There's no way. It don't matter what I do. I'm not pleasing some of you tonight, but it's okay. I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. But he said, I certify you, brethren, the gospel which was preached to me, it's not after man. So, for I neither got it, I, need, I didn't receive it of a man, neither was I taught it, but I got it by revelation of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you tonight, I'm not up here to take your money and tell you what you want to hear. I'm not in this church just to, become, just to become a hireling so that I can pat you on the back and say you're doing good so you'll come here and pay your tithes. That's not what it's all about. It's about going to heaven. And if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to have somebody to be honest with you, tell you the truth, tell you when you're right, tell you when you're wrong. I got a few amens. But that's what it's all about. And when you get there, you will love the truth and say, Pastor, just, 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 
It's called feeding the flock. That's what the scripture calls it. It's called feeding the sheep. And what I tell you, if I just jumped up here tonight and say, you know what, it, 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 it really doesn't matter. You know, you, you don't have to repent. You don't have to, you don't have to go down in waters of baptism. You don't have to do that. Man, I had a guy not too many years ago. I was working on, he was coming, he was sitting right back on my left on the back, and he was a businessman in this town. I was working on him hard. I, I, I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to get him. And then he went, he went AWOL. Couldn't find him. I said, uh, called him one day, and I called him by name and said, where, where you been? He said, well, I'll be honest with you. He said, I, I went over to so-and-so, and they, you know, he said, I'm, and he named the denomination. He said, I'm an old boy. And uh, I said, yeah. He said, well, I, I, I went, and, and, and that preacher told me, he said, you know what, son, you can come here and be saved, and you don't have to do nothing. So he told me. And I thought, surely, surely nobody would tell you that you don't have to do anything to be saved. You know what, there's, a, there's an old doctrine and a philosophy that says since Christ died for all, all men saved. That's not true. You have an obligation. That's why the Bible said in the book of Acts, save yourself. You, you, you got to save yourself. You say, I can't save myself. By grace are we saved through faith, but that not of ourselves. But you have an obligation to follow the instructions of the Word of God and the truth of God to be saved. You will never be saved by just doing nothing. And since Christ died for all, doesn't mean that everybody's going to heaven. I believe he died for all men, but his blood is applied when people repent of their sins and go down in the waters of baptism and receive his spirit. That's Bible. Everybody still with me? Some of you are. Some of you has already left me. It's okay. Timothy, Paul told Timothy this. He said, I charge thee, 2 Timothy 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead and his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, he told Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. Watch this. He told the pastor of the church, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and with all long-suffering, or exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Right? He said, here's why. You've got to tell it like it is. For the time will come. Would you say that with me? For the time will come. Come on, everybody. Say it. For the time will come. He said the time is going to come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, because they want to live the way they want to live, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned into fables. You can hear a mouse run across this carpet right now. Because there's a time coming when people, I don't know when I've preached, I don't know when I've had more passion about what I, I really didn't know how to put it all together tonight, and I've just thrown some scriptures together, but listen to me. This church is not to always make you feel good. It's not what it's about. I think you ought to feel good when you come to God. But, but we get this idea that coming to church is just a big feel-good deal. You know what I'm saying? It's not all about that. I want you to notice what the Word of God said. It said the Word of God is quick. Say it with me, quick. It's powerful. And the Bible said it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And what does it do? Somebody help me out here. It cuts asunder to the bone and the marrow. It gets down even in your bone. You know, when they do a bone marrow on people, they take part of your bone out to check you to see if you've got a disease. Am I right? They, they dig down in that bone. Am I right, Donna? They dig, and it's painful. It's very painful. You know what the Bible said? The Word of God 
sticks you so deep that it's like going down to the marrow of your bone. And sometimes you cringe and you say, oh, that hurts. It's supposed to hurt. It's not all about feel good. Now, I like to feel good too. And I like a preacher to say, tell me about faith and tell me about, you know, I got, I got an issue with preachers that never preach against sin. I got an issue. I got an issue with preachers that just tell you, you, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's like a, just a little pep talk about how good you are and how good you can be and how wonderful you can, you can exist without telling you about sin and what sin will do in your life and how sin will take you to hell and sin will damn you and sin will destroy your world. The wages of sin, the payday of sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That, there's there's got to be some honesty here. At what point does sin quit being sin? When do you say it's okay? It used to be sin, but it's not sin anymore. Well, let me just give you a couple of scriptures in closing. The Lord said, I am the Lord, and I change not. God hadn't changed his opinion about one thing from the beginning of time until right now. He hasn't changed. Hebrews 13 and 8 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Am I right? At least give me a good old nod if you ain't going to say amen. I'm right. So if God doesn't change, what makes us think that the gospel changes? Our people can now do it however they want to or live any way they want to and still be a part of God's church. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the thinking of people. I talked to someone the other day, not too long ago, and, and I said, well, what, what do you believe? Oh, I, I believe what you believe. I said, really? Really? You believe what I believe, you'll stick with what I preach. You're not going to go somewhere where, where people tell you what you want to hear. Oh, well, I, I believe they believe it. I believe they just say it a different way. No, they won't say it at all. Just being candid with you right now. They won't say it at all. And they'll pat you on the back and tell you you're okay and build a big crowd and draw your money, but you're on a highway to hell and you don't even know it. It's called deceit. Y'all still love me? I'll leave this weekend if I need to. Charlie's already called me the traveling man here tonight. You remember that next time you catch a plane, son. But the facts are, we can't be deceived into believing that garbage. We've we got to stay with God. I love him. I love his truth. I love his word. Everybody say with me, unmovable. Say unshakable. Say steadfast. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible said, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but Colossians 2 and 8, 2, 1 through 8, really. But in verse 5, it said, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit, joying and, a, and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. No wonder Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith in the earth? I'm looking for faith. I'm looking for somebody that's, you know what the Bible said? Let me, let me read on in that very chapter. Verse 7 said, rooted and built up in him and established in faith as you have been taught. Beware, verse 8, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. I read it already. After the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, and I'm hurrying now, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men 
and cunning craftiness whereby they lie wait, lie in wait to deceive, to deceive. Don't be, don't be tossed. Don't be carried about with everything that comes along. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Brother Roy talked about the scripture last Wednesday night, and I had it in my notes tonight. Blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel, uh, walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalms chapter 1 is a powerful chapter, but you know what it's saying? You've got to be steadfast. You've got to be unmovable. You've got to be unshakable. You, gotta be, you, you can't be just moved with everything that comes along. The Bible said, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2, it said that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, as that the day of Christ in his hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. You know what our prayer's got to be? And I'm closing. Our prayer's got to be, Lord, don't let me fall into deception. Don't let me be deceived in the last days. Brother Ed, the, the, the Lord can keep us from being deceived. He can help us not to be deceived. There's a lot of things going around that will deceive you. Does anybody believe me tonight? Thank you for the amen. But, but I wish this whole church was on board here tonight because you can get deceived and you can get off track. And when you get off track, it's hard to find your way back. I know people that have cut their teeth on, on pews in a church that preach the truth that because it wasn't enough flamboyancy and wasn't enough this or that, they made their way elsewhere and they're doing their thing. But let me tell you, judgment day is going to be a terrible day for some people going to be a terrible day. I hate to say that. I don't wish bad on anybody, but judgment day is going to reveal a lot of things because let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what kind of miracle, what kind of sign in the sky, what kind of happenings in a church service, what kind of, it doesn't matter. It, that doesn't mean, look, I, didn't, I told this story not long ago. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, right over here on 165 South, there was a guy that put a big old tent up. I don't remember his name, but my brother and I, we, we went by there, and, 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 you know, there were some people out of our church that went to that, that tent revival. I mean, he, man, he had it rolling, big tent, a lot of people, all kinds. Of, he could touch people, they'd just fall out like dominoes, just boom, 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 boom. My brother and I followed him one night, just curious, just boys. And he drove right up 165, and he turned right where you turn to go to uh, is that Forsyth Extension, or maybe not there, not that far, whatever street that is. I forget the name of it, but anyway, I take to the service station. We walked in. He didn't know we was in it. He didn't know we was looking. We, we brought him a fifth of whiskey. True story. He done had church. He's going to go wind it all up now. Bless God, he had joy, joy, joy like a river. That's not the end of the story. I didn't tell the end of the story when I told this not long ago. My daddy, because people were being deceived in our church, my daddy, called G.A. Mangan, who was another man of God that pastors in Alexandria, and he said, I want you to help me pray. Brother Mangan said, Brother Chet, y'all know him? Y'all remember him? Brother Chet, God will take that. He'll take care of that. You know what happened? And about a night or two later, while they was having church, a storm came. And it blew the tent down. And people that were in our church were crawling out from under the tent because they were being deceived. My dad prayed, and God just blew the tent down. Now, you believe what you want to. That really happened. That really happened. My mother reminded me of the rest of the story when I got through. She's not here tonight. She's watching. But, but the facts are, don't be deceived. Don't fall over that. I don't care if they're touching people and they're falling out. What do you believe? That's what I want to know. What kind of doctrine do you believe? Where, where, what do you base your doctrine on? Where, where are you at in the Word of God? Do you believe a man must repent? Do you believe a man must go down in the waters of baptism? Do you believe that people are saved by the Word of God and the truth of God and not some flamboyant thing that's happening? You can't, they're going to say, Lo, here's a Christ. Go over there. He, Jesus said, don't you do that. Don't you go because there's false Christ. Everybody say that with me. False Christ. Say Antichrist. 
There's both kinds. And there, when the Antichrist comes, I got news for you. Listen to me right now. And I'm closing. I'm trying. I'm circling the airport. I got my landing gear down. Listen to me right now. When the Antichrist comes, go study the Word of God. The Bible said he's going to be a man of lying wonders. Lying wonders. You know what that is? That's deceiving people. And they're going to say, oh, he must be God. We can't fall into that. We've got to be sure that we stay with truth. Truth trumps everything. Shall we stand? See this book? How many of you love the name of Jesus? You love the name of the Lord? You ever call on the name of the Lord when you're in trouble? Is it, we sing songs about the beautiful name of Jesus Christ and the saving name. The Bible said in Acts 4.12, it's the only name given unto heaven among men whereby we must be saved. But watch this. You ready for this? I'm going to preach a sermon on this before long. You know what the Bible said? God hath magnified his word above his name. I want you to think about that. He hath magnified his word above his name. I believe he's got the greatest name of all. Jesus, Jesus, what a wonderful name. Amen. Saving, power, healing in the name of Jesus. But the Bible said God hath magnified his word above his name. So I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday night. Unshakable, unmovable, steadfast in truth. Don't let the devil deceive you in these last days. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, uh, letting these people hear the word of the Lord tonight and for speaking the word of the Lord to us right now. We need you, Lord, in these last days like we've never needed you before. I need you. I need you as a pastor. This church needs you. We want to walk with you and talk with you and love you and hold to your unchanging hand. We love your name. We love your word. We love truth tonight. God, no matter what comes or what goes, in the middle of a society that's going in every direction and calling it truth, let us be grounded in the Word of God because the Word of God is the final say. Thank you for it. Give us grace. Give us power. Give us strength in the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you praise. And everybody said amen.